Welcome to Sustainable Futures, the sustainability podcast from Kantar, the world's leading marketing data and analytics company. In each episode, we speak with senior experts from a wide range of disciplines to bring broad understanding to complex topic areas and shine a light on the most pressing sustainability issues facing business and marketing, all designed to help marketers create sustainable futures for brands and business. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of Kantar's Sustainable Futures webinar, where every two weeks we explore the impact of social environmental issues on the world of business and brands. And we do this with guests from industry, finance, academia, social business, and NGOs. My name is Jonathan Hall, and I'm managing partner of Kantar's Sustainable Transformation Practice. Kantar is a world-leading data analytics and consulting business, and the Sustainable Transformation Practice works at the intersection of brands, people, and sustainability. And I'm delighted to have with me today Kai from Maxberger and Kasia from Kantar in Poland. Welcome both. Hello, Jonathan. Nice to be here. Thank you very much. Why don't we just start with introductions? And, and Kai, it'd be great if you could just introduce yourself and, and give people a sense of, of Maxberger. Um, I know you're going to go on later to tell, tell us about the story, but uh, yeah, let's just start with intros. Yeah, so Kai Turk, Chief Sustainability Officer at Max. I have a background in systems ecology, um, but I'm always trying to look for solutions within sustainability. Max Burgers, Sweden's oldest and most well-known burger chain, and um, we have operations in Norway, Denmark, Poland, and Egypt as well. Thanks, Kai. And Kasia. Hello, my name is Katarzyna Zalewska. I'm pleased to be a part of Kantar Poland team. And I'm a client development and commercial lead. And I have a pleasure to take care of all the sustainable portfolio solutions and our expertise and studies. So nice to be here. And hopefully I will share our expertise, our latest data. And thanks for this invitation and this opportunity. Well, no, thank you for both for being here. So let's start with Kai. Kai, I'd love to you for you to, to talk us through the journey you've been on with Max from you know the, the founding of the company back in '68 and and particularly the sustainability decisions that you've made along the way. Two teenagers fell in love in 1968, and they started off. Max uh, just designed a beside a gas station up in um, a small mining town in Sweden called Jelivare. Um, in 19, yeah, um, and it's above the polar circle. And um, we know that them, Kurt and Breda, they they made their first environmental decisions already in 1969. We had to choose between a, an aluminium box for re- recycling on cardboard or winter tires, and they actually chose the cardboard box. So, um, but I think it's since really 2008 that we have. Um, put the pedal to the metal on, on trying to be part of the solution around climate change. So already since then, we've said Max is part of the climate problem. We need to be part of the climate solution. And in 2008, we started um, doing a full climate analysis. Uh, we uh, climate, created the world's first climate labeled menus. Our guests can make informed decisions. They can see this burger has this carbon footprint and that one has another footprint and they're quite big difference and um, we started also planting trees at that time because we knew that even though we're trying to reduce stuff we were still emitting stuff so we planted trees to capture the carbon that we didn't manage to reduce yet 
So after 2008, uh, we have also tried to launch a number of um, green burgers with low climate impact, um, and they have sold really well. So in 2014, we had 2% of total sales that was green burgers. And in 2021, it was 18%. So that's a 900% increase in just seven years. And it, it has reduced our climate footprint really fast. So we have now figures from World Resource Institute that uh, we have reduced the, the footprint of the food with 30% in just six years, 30% per 1,000 calories. And um, in 2017, we actually changed our name from Max Hamburgers to Max Burgers because we know or started to get the idea then that we can serve so many good things between two patties that doesn't have to have a high climate impact. So we really changed name to remind ourselves and the world that we are changing our own industry right now. So thanks for that, Kai. And Kasia, I'd like to, to turn to you because obviously, you know, Kai's given us that context of the, the journey of the organization. Um, since 68 and brought us up to um, where we are now. But you've been doing work um, with, uh, with Max looking at uh, the brand in Poland, haven't you? And it'd be great to give us a sense of some of those differences between the home market and, and the Polish market. We are in totally different spots comparing our Polish market versus Swedish, for example, or Scandinavian in general, which is... Uh, just to be clear, a kind of aspirational one, let's say, from Polish perspective, because not only mentioning our historical or economical heritage, but also, of course, current situation, current crisis, and all the all the background that influences these situations, we are in totally different spots. Uh, so when it comes to this level of maturity, which I mentioned, it must be noted that in in Poland, we still misses a kind of basic awareness, a kind of basic knowledge about sustainability in general, all the SDGs or all the agenda that is in, that is in front of us. Uh, so when we compare these two markets, we shall also have in mind that there are many things in the background that impacts this sustainable transformation pace and direction because for example level of of the trust of social trust uh, when it comes to trust toward institutions or swedish um, important stakeholders it's totally different in, than in poland uh, therefore it influences also the attitudes toward all the actions all the communication that companies release when it comes to sustainability in poland we do observe a high level of lack of distrust and being really suspicious when it comes to all the devotions, all the responsibility uh, towards sustainable goals from Polish companies. So I would say that it, it is the crucial and the main difference. Uh, yet we have some um, similar points, but maybe let's win my, in a minute. Yeah, when it comes to similar points, it's valuation. Yeah. And it's it's really interesting journey for us going into the Polish market from Max. Uh, so we have a, about 20 restaurants there, but in Sweden, we are actually bigger than Burger King and just a little bit smaller than McDonald's. So we're really well known in our own market. And um, 
If you ask the Swedes, like the survey company Novos did, they said uh, 7% of the Swedes spontaneously says that Max takes climate responsibility. IKEA came on 3%, Arlon 3%, and rest of the brands lower than that. So I get two things from, from this kind of survey results, and that is, uh, there is no company that is well known for fixing the climate, even in Sweden. Uh, Max is just least unknown. And the, the second one is that um, we have a 93% improvement potential uh, or in the Swedish market. And what, what we could do with that would be just amazing, you know, uh, inspiring trust in consumers saying companies can be part of, the, of, of fixing the climate, not just destroying it. Uh, it could could be a, a new idea about what a company can be and, and do. So uh, it is a it's an opportunity and it's a challenge and it's a responsibility. So that's what we're trying to do in Sweden, and now we're also trying to do it in the Polish market. So, uh, but we're not as well known as you. So it's going to be very different journeys, I think. Uh, definitely, because as I said, I w- I would say in comparison to Sweden, Poland is just at the beginning of this road, at the beginning of this sustainable journey, let's say. So having that in mind, it is even more impressive, I would say, Kai, what you've already achieved, uh, introducing your new portfolio and introducing new opportunities, new solutions for the Polish clients. I mean, where I think where the rubber really meets the road uh, when it comes to driving sustainability is are we going to sell different products and services? So it's kind of the core business. And as we can see, um, the Polish people um, in our restaurant actually buys more green burgers than uh, the Swedish people uh, for 100 visitors. But in Sweden, we eat a little less red meat than in Poland. Uh, So it's kind of a little bit mixed. Yeah, interestingly enough, in Poland, we have 11% of people who do not eat meat from many emotional and social reasons. So that's why it's so impressive that via your chain, it was possible to gain such results in Polish restaurants and to introduce this green portfolio. If you could maybe tell something more about it, because I know the numbers and I know that they that they are impressive. Maybe I should say something about why it's important. So going from um, plant, fully plant-based burgers, uh, we, we have our range of green burgers. It's both lacto-ovo-vegetarian and fully plant-based. But going from a fully plant-based burger um, to a beef burger, you would increase your climate footprint by almost tenfold or if we see it other way, you can reduce your carbon footprint with over 90%. And if you choose a, an electrical car today, and instead of a fossil car, you would typically reduce your carbon footprint with 50%. So that means that the burgers we have on our menu today is already super duper cars, electric cars of the future. So, um, but the, the thing is, are they getting bought? as well. So they're not just there on the menu as a, as a ni- nice item. And, and that's what we've seen that in Poland, people are buying the green burgers. And it is maybe one of the things that also discriminates us in, in the new market, where we are not so well known. So we see it also as a kind of a, an entrance point to the market, coming up with coming with something different. In Sweden, we're famous for just great burgers, but also for climate work. But in I think in Poland, we we're probably going to 
be more famous, a little bit more famous for, for the green burgers from the beginning. You just touched the key barrier, I would say, because I guess that barriers are, are a crucial point here to be covered, uh, because those barriers, when it comes to trying sustainable innovation, sustainable new portfolio, are very, very important. So I guess that Max Burger already did this work very well and you managed to address those barriers because you diagnosed these barriers very well, if you can tell us about it. Yeah, sure. Uh, So what what we've learned over the years is that we started off in 2009 with a falafel burger. It was organic. It never sold over 3% of total volume. So we had to shut it down in 2012. We tried to sell that burger quite a lot with the, with climate messaging. And in 2016, we quintupled the amount on green burgers on our menu. But at this time, we didn't talk as much about climate. We talked more about taste, and the burgers were also tasting better this time. But I think also the audiences were more there in 2016 than in 2009. So it was the biggest and most uh, successful product launch since 1968. It attracted new audiences and it made our older audiences or guests, I would, as we call them, happier. So, um, so what we learn is learned again is that taste is everything. It's everything for our guests. It's everything for uh, our sales, of course. But now, as it also turns out, it's everything for the climate because one third of of all climate emissions, about one third is from agriculture and food production. Um, So if we don't fix the food, we can't fix the climate. And to learn that something so hard to define as taste will decide the future of humanity is kind of mind blowing. I I have a background in science and, and I have to start thinking about what is taste then? What is this thing that is going to make us fail or succeed? And um, I'm, I'm, taste is culture in my head. Um, it is uh, the things that we connect to, to the sensory experiences that we have. And I'm just going to give you one uh, um, evidence for that. And that is the Swedish sour herring. If you've seen the videos online, you've seen that if someone opens a can of sour herring, uh, dogs throw up and, and children start to cry before they've even tasted it. Uh, and still many Swedes think this is a delicacy. So, so taste is very a very complex thing. That's what, where we have to go, really good taste. Just coming back to um, what you were saying before, Kasia, it'd be great to dive into a bit more detail around attitudinal variations. Um, so you talked about differences in market maturity and, and obviously that notion of trust in institutions. Um, but it'd be great to hear more about what you've observed in terms of the um, behavioral issues and the value action gap. Uh, yes, indeed. This is very interesting because this value action gap is huge, let's say it out loud, let's say it literally, uh, in terms of declarations uh, about, towards sustainable living versus real behavior, everyday routine. In Poland, it will be a difference between a 97% versus 9%. Whereas, surprisingly enough, in Sweden, this gap is also big because it's 95 versus 11 
percent. So as you see, those gaps are big. Those gaps are significant. However, what's staying behind it is a bit different, I would say, and totally driven from our different cultures, our different level of maturity, level of education. Whereas in Poland, almost 75% declare that sustainable innovation, the sustainable products or this good for environment and society are more expensive. 68% of Poles declare that they do want to live in more mindful way, more toward the planet and environmental issues. However, increased cost of living prevents them from doing it. Those are really strong barriers, starting from you know very basic, I would say, anti-threshold, which is a kind of pure awareness and this economical issue. Whereas in Sweden, we also, of course, have some barriers. However, they are not to this extent of intensity and they don't affect so much and then don't, and they are, they aren't connected with such basic things, let's say basic issues like environmental awareness of kind of mental openness. So I would say the starting point is totally different, a kind of different barriers is standing behind this approach. So I would say that it explains really much and it explains really a huge amount of events of the evaluation of companies events because you know it's probably much more easy to transfer and to introduce such innovation as you do Kai in such mature environment like in Sweden. So I guess that it uh, have to be a kind of bigger and at least different challenge to introduce such things in Poland when you know most of us believe that this innovation even maybe tasty, even maybe good for planet, this economical barrier will be the strong one, the strongest one which will be you know preventing people from trying it. So just picking up on that point, Kesha, so as we know from our work, 97% of people across the world in 40 countries want to live a more sustainable lifestyle, but only 13% are able to follow through. And some people disparagingly call that the say-do gap as if people are just saying things which they don't mean. And, you know, there will be some degree of that, but we know that 88% of people actually want brands to help them live a more sustainable lifestyle. But there are very real behavioral barriers, and you've started to um, talk about some of them there. And I know, Kai, in the work that um, Max has done, you feel that there are some specific category drivers. You know, you mentioned taste earlier on. And so I'd, I'd love for you to just talk a bit about how you started to address those barriers. Yeah, and I, I think if I start off with a very general notion, and, and that is that most people wants to see sustainable stuff happen uh you know they they wouldn't be miserable if it happened so if uh, if if they like jonathan's beautiful shirt and want to buy it and they just realize it was produced in a responsible way they're happy with it uh so that that's one driver uh another driver is Am I consciously looking to make these kind of responsible purchases, voting with my wallet for a better world? Um, and in, in that case, would I find the shirt that Jonathan has in my size at the same price, at the same place, at the same time? And the, all, the question there is often no. So that, that that's the general why it's also hard to 
to, to do this. Um, and I, I quite often, um, it, it's also most more costly. Uh, but I think from our perspective, uh, since we know that the main driver is taste, that's, that's what we can work with. So we haven't made the, the burgers with low climate impact neither more expensive or cheaper. Uh, we, we've just said that if we cannot win this battle on taste alone on the low climate burgers, we're kind of living on, on, on loaned time. Um, we, we need to, to go there. And that, mean, that means we're into innovation now. So we're making the products better. Yeah, I think that's, that's, the, that's actually the biggest barrier that we have, uh, that we're not talking about the same products here. But I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I'm, um, in one way, kind of a possibilitist here. Maybe not optimist, maybe not negativist, but I, I see there's a possibility for us to do this in a good way. And I look at the uh, Polish market in the same way. So if we're in Sweden, four out of ten wants to, you know, want to be a conscious consumer. Uh, we're ten million Swedes. Um, Poland, uh, forty plus million. Polish people, and but maybe only 25% of them are that. You're still going to have twice as many conscious consumers as in Sweden if they can just find us. So it, depending on how you view this problem, it, it becomes a, a liability or a, a really strong opportunity. But what you've done there is, is you know, is textbook stuff, isn't it, Kai? Because I think you've, you've realized you're not, you're not making compromises. So you're not compromising on taste because your consumers wouldn't. Um, you're actually seeing sustainability as part of that um, overall proposition. Um, and you're not diluting what people originally came to Max for. Yeah. And I think that's, that's one of the biggest things I've learned during my years working with sustainability. Uh, that is, um, we, what, if, what if the need for sustainability just makes us better, not less bad. So what if the shirts are going to be even more beautiful in the future? What if the burgers taste even better? What if we're building a future that is more just, more um, interesting, more, um, you know, all categories? So I, I think this huge climate threat that is over our heads um, is also uh, an opportunity to build a society we should have built anyway. And, and Kai, have you experienced problems in people actually, you know, trying the burger? Has that been a has that been an issue for you? Yeah, that, that's that's been one of the things that we're trying to do all the time. So we had this nice commercial where um, a teenage daughter f fools her dad just buying the the plant beef burger, and he doesn't know about it, and he's sitting there, and he just loves the burger, and and she she's happy anyway. So, but we can only fool people one time. We can tr let them try it, but if it doesn't taste well, they're not going to come back. So we're there with taste again. Um, so it's it's just making sure that we keep track on the biggest gap, the say do gap here. What what is it that that is the biggest hindrance? So along the the journey, which has been a very long journey that Max has been on. What would you share with the audience about key learnings and, and, and challenges? I mean, there, there are so many things, of course, but uh, connected to this, I think uh, how we change language is important too. 
So we, we're not talking too much about green alternatives. Uh, that's what we did in 2009, like saying this is an alternative. Uh, we're now just giving the burgers really good names. That sounds tasty. So it's the spicy avocado grillumi. It's the spice avocado that tells you about the taste. It's not the buy the green grillumi burger because it has a low climate impact. Because I think then it's going to be harder for people to, to test it as well. One of the things that we've learned is that since it is innovation, it, we, we cannot expect it to be predictable results every time. But what we can do is to try new things and learn from that. So fail fast is something that we're fairly good at at Max. Uh, so that means, okay, we're now just last month, we, we put out eight new um, green kind of burgers, uh, lacto-ovo or fully plant-based burgers. And we're going to see which one of them sells well. Those are we're going to keep and the ones that are not, we're not going to keep. Uh, but if we, we're not allowed to fail, we can't launch these. So I think in one way, the online... Um, digital community they are really they know about this this is how you develop apps and programs and stuff like that but we can learn from that so just try and see what happens test and test and learn and kasha from from the work that you've done any any key learnings you'd share I guess this mod to that Kai has already mentioned, not to be afraid to fail, let's say, and to say it out loud would be one of the greatest ones, I would say. Uh, but what is truly optimistic, I would say, is the evolution that is going on and we see and we do observe in Poland. As Kai mentioned, a group that we can call actives in our segmentation, segmentations based on sustainability sector index. And indeed, uh, seeing it from that perspective, that we have much bigger number of citizens, it's really optimistic because it uh, starts from very small things, from very small trials of the innovative things, but undeniably it can be impressive and it is going to be impressive because not only regulations, but also the awareness slowly, but it is increasing. So I'm really optimistic uh, seeing the future and seeing how you handle with these barriers, which may seem to be unbeatable, yet you did it. For example, you're your portfolio and your results here locally are improving. Are the evidence that it is possible? Yeah, and, and there are so many potential business cases in this, uh, and we want to share them. I mean, we could keep quiet about that, but we want to share them because we think that as a small burger chain, um, the biggest thing we can do is to inspire others to do more. So we know that... Um, one slotty or one euro, one krona spent on on sustainability for us, it has been 10 krona back. And it, it, so it's both sales, we talked about them and the conscious consumers, but it's also attracting and retaining and engaging talent. It's also about opening up new markets. So, for example, in Poland, uh, our sustainability work was really important to, to come into new gallerias. They said, this kind of unknown Swedish brand, why would we let you in to these large Polish gallerias? Do you have a wow effect? And we talked about sustainability, so they opened the door. And um, 
because they wanted to drive sustainability as well. And um, sometimes you can save money, reduce waste, and and but I think the most important thing is the is the business development uh, that it drives. And and just thinking about the business development, what will be most compatible with what the world needs in the future? Will it be a burger with low climate impact or a burger with high climate impact? So when we are we're a family-owned company. We want to be family-owned for generations. And now when, when we can look at the burgers that has the best potential to be in line with what society needs, we do think that this burger will not go into the same kind of funnel of barriers. There, there will be taxation or illeg- uh, become illegal to do some stuff or higher um, costs for buying beef or so many different things that will happen there. So I think we're kind of just making sure that we're more fit for the future, more future adapted as well. More resilient business, right? Yeah, more resilient business. So so that's also, there. there's, sometimes it could feel like we're going to do this for the world. And we are, of course, that's great. But we're also doing it for ourselves. And I think that's where where it where we really can feel things are happening and and max is sweden's most profitable restaurant chain the last 20 years and sustainability has make made us even more profitable so it, it's made us go in that direction so it's not sustainability or profitability it's both yeah but it it's not easy it's not easy to find the right business so that's why it's more like innovation than continuous improvements continuous improvements you will have uh, you will understand what's going to happen, uh, but this is a new field. But that's also why sustainability is a key driver for innovation in all industries globally right now. So just to finish off, um, Kai, I'd love to ask you, this podcast is called Sustainable Futures. What, so where next for Max and, and how do you see the role of the business in, in helping to create a sustainable future? Yeah, um, our carbon footprint right now uh, is about two kilo carbon dioxide equivalents per thousand kilocalories. We need to go down to 0.66 to 2050 to be in line with the 1.5 degree target from Paris. So we need to reduce the climate impact with with still 70%. We know that 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 we've reduced it with the, the food with about 30% just the last six years, 30% uh, for all the food that we sell per thousand calories. So that's a long journey and that's just a climate journey. We, we're also going to have to be on other journeys, like what is the climate justice doing? Would, would, would 0.66 be too generous for that even? What, what about health, green burgers and health? How are they connected? Uh, so there's so many different areas that we need to look at. Um, and uh, most things are yet to be done in this area uh, but I, I think um uh, but i do think that some of the people uh, the, the actives as you call them kasha uh they are quite aware of, of climate um but there are even bigger groups that are aware of health so if we can combine these and my mom said eat your veggies and the doctor says you need to eat more more veggies as well. So, you know, these these future can converge and um, that would be really good so that we can have a, a healthier industry with a lower climate impact. Uh, and then 
then with, with that kind of mindset, we're going towards something instead of trying to avoid something and going away from something. Uh, and that really allows our um, innovative juices to get going. And of course, the sustainability messaging in your portfolio may well be going forward very health oriented, right? Because of the, you know, the close relationship between climate and health. Yeah, and I, I think we also need to innovate in this area. So we, we need to become better. And, and health is, is a difficult area too, but I think consumers want help with it. They, they want to do it. And you asked me about the, the success factors that we've had. And I think one of the success factors that differs us from other companies is that we're often talking about figures. Uh, we're transparent about uh, our calculations. Um, we're making it all available. Um, but we're really working hard with proof points instead of, um, of just trying to say we want to do something good. We're kind of saying, here it is. <laughs> you can buy it. Great. Well, look, um, we're out of time. So I want to, to thank you, Kai, from Max and Kasia from Cantal Poland for taking us on this, this journey, um, which is remarkable and still clearly has a long way to run. And also understanding um, you know, that um, the way you have chosen to um, enter the Polish market and the barriers that have been um, tackled. So it's been a great story and a privilege to have this conversation. So thank you both. Thank you, thank very, you much. very much. You've been listening to Sustainable Futures, a podcast from Kantar. For all episodes and more information, visit kantar.com. If you enjoyed this, please leave us a rating and a review and subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode.